Psalm 24 is our call to worship today. The earth is the Lord's in all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek your face. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Let's turn now to Psalm 3. In your pew Bibles, page number 448. This is a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son, when Absalom had come against him to take the kingship from him and from from his son Solomon, whom it had been promised to. Psalm 3, verse 1. O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God's Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill, Selah. I lay down and slept. I awoke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O God, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheekbone. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessings be upon your people. To page 841, this is... Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 32. And last we had read, uh, we had read about John the Baptist and uh, his execution at the hands of Herod at that uh, horrible banquet that Herod had. And just before that, we had seen that Jesus had, for the first time, sent out his disciples on their own. So now we pick up uh, chapter 6. Verse 30, after the apostles have returned. Page 841 in your pew Bibles. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. So is the reading of the Holy sufficient and always preserved word of God. We thank you, Father, for your word, the hope it gives us. We thank you for the rest it promises us in your Son. Amen. So, we all wear down, we all get weary. Whether it's a a busy mother at home, 
juggling 15 different things at the same time, or the worker beaten down all day by the hot sun, or, or the office worker spending endless hours in front of their computer and at seemingly pointless meetings. We see that even in this day and throughout history, some people have literally worked themselves to death. We all need rest, and God even built this into his creation, making the seventh day a day of ceasing from work. That's why we are gathered here today proclaiming God's great victory. And Christ in this passage sees that his apostles are exhausted, and he seeks to fix that. So, we look at verse 30, and we see that the, the apostles, they're, they're the recipients of this, of this rest. They had been on a relentless tour of healing and, and preaching and driving out demons for a while now, and most of this was, was in the presence of, of their great master, Jesus, but, uh, but they had been out on their own. And, and Jesus, we see here, he is like a good shepherd calling his, his disciples to him. They've just returned from their inaugural mission, and, and, and this has been a good mission. If you remember when we read many Sundays ago now, that uh, he sent them out and they went out and they preached that people should repent, and he had, he had also said that, that those that don't respond, it's going to be worse for them than for Sodom and Gomorrah. There was the anticipation that things might not go well. And we'd already seen in Jesus' ministry uh, these last few chapters that that is in fact the case. There's been lots of controversy, lots of contention, lots of opposition. And yet the Lord blesses His young missionaries with a fruitful Largely non-opposed missionary journey. And it's interesting, you notice, what does it say? What's that third word? Uh, Actually, it's the second word in the uh, ESV. What's that second word that verse 30 says? The apostles returned. These are men who had been marked out to be the emissaries of Christ. His voice to those who need to hear the gospel. An apostle is one who is sent. And these men were sent by Christ to start ushering in this new covenant, this this new kingdom. And remember back a few chapters ago, he had named these twelve men as his disciples, just as there had been twelve tribes in Israel. This is their inaugural trip on their own to start ushering in the new kingdom. The new Israel of God is starting to work. And, and they told Jesus everything. 
They, they were told to preach and to cast out demons and anoint with oil those who were sick. And that's, that's what they did. They did as they were told. And, and, and as I said, there's no mention of any town rejecting them, that they were having to dust off the, the feet. In fact, the work may have been incredibly great. And the effect that this may have been the issue that Herod was having. Remember Herod, that we read last time, had, had heard of, of, of Jesus and, and, and he attributed the miracles and all this to, to a resurrected John the Baptist. He was completely confused and out of it, but, but he knew something was going on and and, and he may have been hearing about well, these, all these men who followed Jesus. They're now out there healing and raising up uh, or casting out demons and, and, and preaching with power and authority. People are believing them. And that may have been the occasion for, for him going nuts, so to speak. Just imagine... You know, Jesus was, was only bound to one place at one time. Now he's sending out his twelve disciples two by two. And they're able to heal the sick and cast out demons and, and preach the word. And, and what was this that they, that they preached? Well, it's the same thing that talked about that, that Jesus preached. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. It's what Jesus preached. It's what John the Baptist preached. It is what we preach today. Same message. And it's what's going to be preached next Sunday and the Sunday after that until Christ comes back. We need the Gospel. Luther was asked, why do you preach the Gospel every week? And he said, it's because we need the gospel. We need fresh repentance and, and trust in Christ. And if there's anyone here that's never done that, never repented and trusted in Christ, this is the day to do it. Don't wait till tomorrow. You're not promised you won't walk out and slip on your head and perish on the way to your car. Christ has died for your sin. He fulfilled all righteousness. All the things you cannot do on your own, He fulfilled. He fulfilled the law and all its righteousness. And we all need to call upon Christ that He would save us from our sin and misery. Turn us from a wicked life unto Him. That His Spirit would work in us powerfully. Now is the day of repentance and faith. So this is what they taught. And we see even, even here in, in the beginning of the New Testament that, that there is an authority structure in place. You know, the, the disciples are, are coming to Jesus. There's still that mentor-disciple relationship. And they are coming to Him and talking to Him. And, 
and letting them know all that has happened. And, and this is the same relationship that, that pastors and preachers and should have today. With, with They should have someone that is mentoring them, like I have Reverend Kleinsma and Reverend Johnson, and also a consistory that, that molds me and shapes me and helps me to understand the Word of God. I am not a pastor, of course, yet. But the leaders need to be led by others. We always need to have someone teaching us, mentoring us, and blessing us with their wisdom from on high. That they get from the Lord and the Holy Spirit working in them in ways that that He doesn't work in everybody at all times, in all places. And that's why there is an authority structure uh, set up in the church as a, uh, a political structure, a consistory and spiritual council and classes and synod. And then as, just even as Christians, we need to have those relationships in our life where we are being mentored and mentoring others as well. We feed on both of those relationships. And that's how we grow. And we see that that very structure, even in these beginning stages of Christ sending out those who would be his apostles to start this new covenant, this new kingdom. And so in verse 31 we see that while the apostles are are going to be the recipients of this rest, here here we see the need for their rest. Jesus sees that they they are tired, they are heavy laden, they are burdened. And he was able to tell that they were exhausted, even even when they didn't even necessarily know it, because we get we get caught up. You know. We're busy in our lives doing this project, doing that project. And we can't even see necessarily that, that we're just working and working and working and working. And we're supposed to work. We're called to work. We're Protestants. We've got a work ethic. And the Lord used it to help change the world in many ways. But we have a Savior that calls us to rest. Who sees our burdens. Those burdens that are not necessary. And He wants to give us rest. And we see throughout history, even in the church, that there have been men who have just worked themselves to death. Think of the desert fathers of the 300s and 400s. and These were men who had seen the corruption of Rome and, and other big cities and of, the, of many in the faith who were carried away by this world and they decided they'd go out in the middle of nowhere, eat next to nothing, and work themselves to the bone. And many of these men just 
died very young. Even our beloved Calvin. It said worked himself pretty much to death. As he burnt the candle at both ends, he had just a Spartan diet which helped which did not help his his infirmities and illnesses as he just was not feeding his body. And he maybe could have lived another five or ten years if he had rested more, slept a little more, eaten a little more, taken care of his physical needs. And we're told in this nation, there's about 150,000 people every year, it's estimated, that just work themselves to death. And the Japanese even have a word for this, kuroshi. As it is rampant in their culture as, as well. So Jesus sees that they are burdened. They are heavy laden. And he calls them to come and rest. And he, he did this because they were bombarded with the crowd. The crowd was still coming. They didn't even have time to eat. Remember when Jesus was, was speaking with the people and his family came to get him and it was said that, that, that they thought he was going crazy and he, he wasn't even taking time to eat. They were trying to do an intervention on Jesus and he, he did not need it. While Jesus is doing this intervention for his disciples. And they do need it. We read verse 3 earlier, or I should say Psalm 3, when David was trying to escape from Absalom. And in the midst of everything, he said, I lay down and slept. And I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. That is the ultimate in faith and trust. Even just normally when we're sleeping and resting, we're giving up the cares and we're dependent upon Christ to take care of us. When we're asleep, I mean, there's nothing to protect us. I mean, even if you lock your doors, those can easily be breached. We are casting ourselves upon Christ when we rest. That's why it's good to say some prayers before we go to bed. Call upon Christ to watch over us and bless our sleep. Protect us. Keep us from harm and evil. Rely upon Him. And David was able to do this even, even in the midst of the assault from his beloved son, Absalom. And in Psalm 4 we see a similar thing. Hear me. When I call, O God, of my righteousness, you have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long, O you sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. And the Lord will hear when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Selah. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust 
in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. You have put gladness in my heart, more than in the season that their grain and wine increased. I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. This is another situation in the Psalms, just the next psalm. And we, we don't have a particular situation, but just a general situation where David is being persecuted. And he ends with, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. This is the rest that even in turbulence we're called to seek and to have in our Lord, in Christ. This is what we need as a people. Every day in our lives, we need to seek this rest. And so Jesus gives them the provision for His rest. In verse 32, And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Jesus is the good shepherd. Remember, he is their shepherd. He has a plan for their refreshment. He is giving them rest for their souls, their weary souls. They're so excited about all that Christ has done through them, all the Spirit has done through them as they've been preaching and and healing, and, and uh, driving out demons, and, and they can't even see that, that their souls are weary, and Christ is calling them for refreshment. Because that's, that's what happens when we get to working so much. Doing so much good even. And yet we forsake the rest of our souls. And so Jesus, he, he knew that they needed to leave the area. The, the crowds are overwhelming. They're in the boat and they can look around and they can see the crowds running after them. So this is not going to be a long rest. But just, just think about this. These are all pretty much fishermen. And people who lived near the sea and the lake. What is more restful than spending time on a gently rolling lake in the middle of the lake? Where would these gentlemen feel the most at peace and at home? Jesus is bringing them to the gentle waters. Their good shepherd is refreshing their souls. Even for this short time, I'm, yeah, I mean, it, I'm sure they probably spent a couple hours in the middle of the lake, not worrying about the crowds that they could see running after them, to take some time for their souls, for rest, resting with and in their Lord. They are at rest. They are at home on the peaceful lake. So what is the, the Holy Spirit saying? This, this section of Scripture, message are, are providential. 
Because in the next couple of months, they're the craziest months of the year, are they not? Be baking. Well, some people will be baking. I won't be. Uh, they'll be baking and cooking and, and shopping and, and, and working harder to pay for all of this and parties and get-togethers with friends, family, work, and church, and, and, and everywhere. It gets to be crazy. And we can't forsake the rest that Christ calls us to. Let us remember that the Lord is my shepherd. Christ, is, as John makes sure to tell us, is that good shepherd. He watches over the sheep of the pasture. He takes care of them. He is willing to die for them. And he has died for us sheep. And how smart are sheep? They're not smart. Yet, you know, when we confess, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, we are brilliant. More brilliant than we could ever imagine to be when we simply acknowledge Christ and His goodness and our need to be with Him. So we see that the Good Shepherd, He lays His sheep in the green grass by the calming waters. Notice what the the Lord does for His tired and Overwhelmed sheep. It actually says he, he, he makes them to lie down. Because once again, we're, we're not always the smartest. I'm not the smartest. We don't always know when we need the rest. And for our own good, he lays us down. He makes us to rest. And you can do this the easy way, you can do it the hard way. But he takes care of his sheep. He knows what we need more than we know. And through this, he restores our soul. And and this, this can mean he converts as well, but... You know, when you, when you look at Psalm 23, it's, it's obvious in the context that he's talking about those who are his sheep, who need rest and refreshment, who need the, the water springing up in them, blessing them and refreshing them. And this is, this is how we live long in the Lord. Yes, we, we work. We're called to work. This is not in any way calling us to be sluggards, to always relaxing, sleeping. No. We are to work. We are to work hard. We are to minister diligently with all of our hearts until it's time to rest. Then we need to rest hard. In the Lord, the power of His Spirit, allowing Him to refresh us 
through the Lord's days. This is a picture of heaven. When we hear His Word and we sing gloriously to Him, so to speak. We raise up our voices and we hear Him speak to us through His Word. This is a picture of heaven. And we rest on this Lord's Day in Him. And we know that Christ has fulfilled the Sabbath. He is our Lord's Day every day of the week. And we have to make sure to listen to those who are telling us, take a nap. Take a vacation. Rest. And we need to rest. And He will refresh and restore us. And we will live lives glorifying the Lord in all ways. So we need to listen to Christ. I want to be a better way of concluding than reading what Christ wrote to those who were spiritually impoverished in Matthew 11. Who were fulfilling or seeking to fulfill the works of the law not realizing that, that the one who fulfilled the law was standing before them offering them spiritual rest as well as physical rest. And Jesus said to them at this time, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. Thank you, Father, for, for giving us the hope of rest. In six days you created the heavens and the earth, and the seventh day you rested. You ceased from working. Cause us to live this pattern in our lives according to how your Spirit directs us, Lord, through your Word. We pray this in your Son's name. Amen.